Open your Bibles with me to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. And look with me at verse, let's see, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, help us tonight to have a better understanding of what it means to bear one another's burdens and how we do that. Lord, I pray that you will uh, help us as we study your word. Thank you for this morning. Great service that we had. Thank you for what you're doing here at Grace Baptist. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Budget meeting went really well. Man, I'm, where's Ed at? Where are you? I'm so thankful for him. We go in there, and he already has it all ready, and we just go line by line, and we adjust things depending on where we've been and where we're going. And I appreciate all the men and all the input that we had, but the work that he puts in ahead of time is just such a blessing. And what we're doing is, because it's so late in the year now, we're just going to wait until our regular budget meeting of 2020 uh, to give the report from last year and present the new budget. So, But if any of you have any specific questions about the budget, how much we spent last year, any of that, you can just see Ed, and obviously books are open to anybody who gives. So if you have any questions about that, but th at this point... There's not really a whole lot of reason to have a 2019 budget meeting, All right? So we're just going to wait until next year. If anybody has any questions about any of that, any concerns, anything, of course, it's all wide open for you, so just let us know about that. All right, um, so budget meeting went great. I'm just thankful for the men that we have here. So how do we bear one another's burdens? Well, it, it's an interesting thing. Before you can carry something for someone else, you have to be strong. So if we have a bunch of baby Christians, well, man, I've seen this happen. How many of you have seen churches fall apart? Right? A little bit of adversity comes in, and the church is gone. My parents were involved in a church in Indiana for a while. And another church in town had, um, had some trouble. And so all of a the sudden, their church grew like crazy. They went ahead and built a new building, and honestly, the whole situation wasn't very wise because there were, they put a lot of people they didn't know very well in leadership because they appeared to be spiritual. They had some trouble. The whole thing fell apart. The building was repossessed. All kinds of trouble because you had a lot of people that were not strong and they were not capable of bearing the other's burdens. That's a horrible thing to happen. So that's why discipleship is so vital. We need strong people at Grace Baptist Church because you have to be strong in order to be able to bear someone else's burdens. Let's see what the Bible says about that. Look at Romans chapter 15 and verse 1. Romans 15 and verse 1. You know what's interesting? Well, let's read this and then I'll <clears throat> tell you something. So Romans 15, 1, we then that are, what's that next word? Strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So basically what that means is that Bears fans need to bear the burdens of the Browns fans. That's, that's 
I, I don't know that that's what that means. So this, when I was in college, I got a job at an airport, and I was a lineman. And so what a lineman does at an airport, and it was a small airport, you know, kind of almost like what we would have here in Sydney, a little bit bigger than that in uh, Illinois. And so my job was to park the planes. And so you'd put a tow bar on the front of the airplane, and you'd push it into the hangar, and you'd have to go up this little apron to get it into the hangar. And I got to tell you, when you're 140 pounds, obviously that's been a little while ago. When you're 140 pounds and you're having to push an airplane up a hill, it, it was hard. Ah, see, John knows exactly what, one, Cessna 152s, 172s, we had some Bonanzas and other things, a Beechcraft. Those, those things are heavy. And so we're pushing them in, and it was really difficult, and it would take me hours to get this done. And I remembered after a little while, uh, you know, you just, you do your job. And I remember one day I looked at my watch and it had taken me 45 minutes to do it. Why is that? Because I'd gotten stronger. Just by doing it, I had gotten stronger. And that's the whole concept of bearing one another's burdens. If we just start, you know, you say, man, I'm not ready to really take on somebody's serious trouble. You know, a child dies. And you think, man, I don't know how to get in there and deal with that. So don't start there. Start with somebody who's having car trouble. You know, you know what I mean? Start with something where, where you can help. Uh, Stephanie and Topher, Stephanie decided to fold up her car and from behind, from behind, right? And so they're having some car trouble now. And so whatever you can do, step in and help somebody at the level that God has given you the strength to do. And here's what's going to happen. Over time, you're going to find that you're able to help more and more people in a much easier way. And what, listen to the, what the Bible says. This is, this is interesting terminology in, in verse 1. We then that are strong, what's the next word? Ought. We ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. So, number one, we have to be strong to help the weak. Vital that we do that. And then those of us who are strong, we ought to do that. All right? So, first, we must be strong. But how do we get strong? Look at Hebrews chapter 5. How do we get strong? I'll tell you what else. You don't realize how big a little Cessna airplane is until you have to wax it. The, those wings, you know, all that. It's unbelievable how hard it is to wax an airplane. All right, so let's, let's go on. So look at Hebrews chapter 5. Look at verse 11. So speaking of Christ, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing, for when, for the time ye ought to be teachers. There's another ought word. Do you see that? For the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now look at this. Even those 
who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the Bible says that the strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, but then the Bible tells us the way that we get strong is by getting past the milk and to the meat. And then you exercise yourself to godliness, to discerning good and evil. You exercise yourself to that. And so all of us, when we're working with people in discipleship, when we're working with people on the, on the job or in our families, the idea is that we begin giving biblical counsel instead of uh, worldly counsel. And we've, we've talked about that recently. We talk about it in our discipleship sessions, that if somebody's having trouble, that what you do is you tell them what the Bible says rather than what you're thinking. Amen? And here's the problem, though. We don't always know what the Bible says about that situation. And so what's the key there? Well, then don't be lazy. Do the hard work. Do that hard work of pushing the plane the first couple of times in. You do the hard work of searching out what the Bible says about that subject. And then you give that to them. And what are you doing? You're discerning good and evil. You're exercising yourself to do that. And while you're doing that, you're getting stronger. Um, Question and answer. How many of you, the first couple of times you heard me do question and answer, thought, how does he do that? Have you ever done that? I I know some people thought I was cheating. People have said that, like I had the questions planted, and I already had the study stuff, uh, all the cross-references ready. There are people that thought it was a scam. It's hilarious. People think that. So, But here's the deal. Those of you who were here when we would do Wednesday night in the chapel in 1997 and we started doing question and answer, here's what you would have seen. Pastor Jim, what about such and such in the Bible? And I'd go, you know what? I don't know. Let me study that out this week and next week I'll tell you what the Bible says about that. Because my rule was I would only answer it from Scripture. I wouldn't tell you what I had been taught I was going to, we're going to open up the Bible, and I was going to show you what the Bible said about that. And it was actually kind of embarrassing sometimes because I would have thought at that point in my life, I would have known where that stuff was in the Bible. And I didn't know it. So what happened? I exercised myself. I exercised myself. And now I can answer just about any question that you ask, unless it's from Eric and Holly, and then I usually don't know the answer because they know more than I do. So... It's, it's an interesting thing, the way that God uses his plan is for us to start with what we can do and then push us a little farther, right? And it's just like working out. The idea is you work out until you can't do anymore. And then you can do a little bit more then. And then, you, you know, you fatigue yourself and then you can do a little bit more. The exact same thing in ministry. Problem with that is a lot of us don't want to exert ourselves in ministry, we don't want to exercise ourselves. You know, it takes a lot of work to have that washboard. How many of you think that I'm speaking from experience? Nah. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to be able to handle the Word of God well. Amen? And so that's all of us. We exercise ourselves so that we can go to that next level. And when we do that, we get stronger. And then we're able to handle that, that meat of the Word of God for other people. 
that's what we're supposed to do. So, number one, we're supposed to be strong. Number two, we get strong by exercise. And then, this is pretty interesting. Look at 1 Corinthians number uh, chapter 9. I think I've said interesting like 15 times tonight. It's interesting. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. First Corinthians chapter 9, look at verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law as without law being not without law to God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. Now look at this. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. So now when it says that that we become like them, do we sin to win sinners? No, that's obvious. But what this is saying is, so I I was in a situation with a young preacher. If I told you this, I'm sorry. I've spoken too much recently. I can't remember what I've told. But it's perfect for this. So Paul said he became weak to help the weak. I was with a young preacher and an older preacher, a very well-known preacher. The younger preacher said, I'll call him Bob. Brother Bob, do... Have you, this is the younger preacher asking the question. Sometimes, this is what he said, sometimes when I get done preaching, I just feel awful. Like I've done a terrible job, and it just overcomes me. Have you, has that ever happened to you? You get done preaching, and you just, you just feel terrible that you've done a bad job. And this older preacher said, no. And honestly... I'm not exaggerating here. This is one of the, the one of the biggest regrets of my life is that I didn't say, well, Lottie freaking da, we're in the presence of greatness here. And then looked at the older preacher and said, you're a jerk. How about you stop lying to this young man? If you've never felt bad about one of your sermons, I could list about four that you should have felt bad about. It's very interesting. When, and, and I regret to this day that I didn't do that. Because that hurt that young preacher. See, here's the idea. When someone's weak and they're sharing their weakness with you, what what are you supposed to do? Man, I know what you're talking about. I've been there. Let me tell you how God helped me. That's what we're supposed to do. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 3, blessed be God, even the... Because here's the problem that happens. Young people, young believers, or people that are weak in the faith, they'll look at some of us and they think, you know, that we're super Christian. Like we never have any trouble, we never struggle with anything, we've got it all together, and we just don't. Amen? Man, so look at this. Verse 3. 
Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, look at this, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Somebody's struggling with something, you say, man, I know right where you are. I've been through that. And I, when I was going through that, I didn't have any idea what I was going to do. But let me tell you how somebody helped me. Isn't that so much better than, nope, never had that. Nope, I'm Bible man. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. That kind of arrogance has no place in the Christian life. So, number one, we need to be strong to help the weak. We get strong by exercising ourselves to godliness and by getting past the need for milk and getting to where we can handle the strong meat. But then we need to realize that we are weak. We need to put ourselves in the other person's place. Then look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 10. Um, you know what? Let's, let's look at verse 5. Of such an one will I glory, yet not of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth, heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Okay, what are the abundance of the revelations? The Apostle Paul wrote half of the New Testament. Is that an abundance of revelations? Right? And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh... Look at this, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And look at what God said to him. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And it's interesting, when the church at Philadelphia was weak, that's when God blessed them. You remember what Jesus said? Because that, he said... Um, because thou hast a little strength and has not denied my name and has kept my word and not denied my name. It's when we recognize our own weakness because of the trouble that life gives us. Have you ever, be honest with me, how many of you have ever looked at somebody at Grace Baptist or maybe at another church that you've gone to and you've honestly thought that if anybody has the Christian life together, it's them. Have you ever felt that way about somebody? You would probably be amazed at what that person's going through. 
You just never know what's going on in somebody's life. You never know. And let me promise you something. None of us have it all together. And when we recognize our own weakness, our own frailty, our own struggles, that's when we can help somebody else. That's when we can bear somebody else's burdens. It's interesting. We're supposed to be strong, but we're also supposed to be weak. But the Bible says be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When we're weak, he's strong. When God brings trouble, when God brings infirmities into our life, that's so we can help somebody else who's having trouble, who's having infirmities. And wisdom learns from those things. Then we can help people. Amen? How many of you have ever been through trouble? Would you raise your hands? You ever been through trouble? And that's, that's God preparing you how to help somebody else. And anyone who's not been through any trouble, they have not lived. Because the Bible says that the world's full of trouble. <laughs> it is full of trouble. So, what are we supposed to do? Bear ye one another's burdens, the Bible says, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's be burden bearers. Amen? Let's be burden bearers. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and the opportunity to study it. And I, I love the way that you put all of this together in the scriptures. We're supposed to be strong.